This is On Location. I'm Tim Leitner. Today's episode comes to you on location from Georgia and Alaska. But first, On Location is produced by the NCA Communications Committee with special production assistance from Joe Manlin and me. You can find our podcast on iTunes, Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcast, Breaker, and Radio Public, among others. So subscribe today on your favorite podcast service and tell all your friends. Today, I have the opportunity to host John Hurst, the Assistant Deputy Commissioner for the Georgia Department of Human Services, Division of Child Support Services. John talks about his role in the Child Support Program, how he got his start, and his progress up the leadership ladder. John shares some of the things he is most proud of in the Georgia program, where it's heading, and where it's growing. Some of you may have heard John during one of this year's Leadership Symposium plenaries, Level Up Leadership, Transforming Your Leadership Path in Child Support. Now listen as he shares more of the story. It's going to be a great show, so stick around and we'll be right back. And we're back for another edition of NCIA On Location. I'm Tim Leitner, and I'm with the Alaska Child Support Services Division in Anchorage, Alaska. And today we're pleased to be joined by John Hurst, who is the Assistant Deputy Commissioner of the Georgia Department of Human Services Division of Child Support Services. John is a 40 Director of the Georgia Program, and we're going to have a great opportunity and conversation to get to know John better. John, let's have you introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about your role as a 40 Director of Georgia. When you walk into your office every day, what is your role? What do you do? Well, hello, Tim, and thanks for having me today. I really appreciate this opportunity to chat with you. That's always a real hard question for me to answer because the director's position just has so many different aspects to it. Each day is a little bit different. It's because of different priorities. But really, overall, I'd say it's just a combination of activities that includes things like facilitating, communicating, responding, planning, resolving, decision-making, negotiating, and those are just a few of the things. Also, I was a little bit surprised about this part of it when I kind of stepped into the role, but there's a lot of administrative tasks involved with it, too. There's a lot of approvals I have to make on behalf of the division, so a lot of things that come my way I have to sign off on. But just overall, I would say that the title director kind of sums up the role well. There's just really just a lot of directing that goes on. Great. And John, I've got to ask this. So when you step out of your office, what do you like to do? What's your interest? What, what, is, what does John do on the weekends? It, it varies. I kind of grew up in a sports environment. A little bit interesting, but my dad was the, the first radio play-by-play announcer for the Atlanta Falcons. 
So he was the, the voice of the Falcons for the, their first 10 years. I mean, this goes back to 1965 through 75. And so as a little kid, I had a, a lot of exposure to just every kind of sports activity in the, in the city of Atlanta. And so I just have a passion for sports. So a lot of my spare time involves watching, like this time of year, watching the Braves baseball almost every evening. I'm a golf enthusiast, so I play a lot of golf and watch a lot of golf tournaments on TV on the weekends. Another big passion of mine is photography. I'm just kind of an avid amateur photographer. So, you know, spend some time on that, going to different places to try to get some shots and enjoy that, that process, but then also the editing that goes along with it as well. Hey, I've, I've got to ask you, how are your Braves doing? They're doing great. Got off to kind of a slow start this year, but month of June, I think they won 21 games, and we were a little over 10 games behind the Mets um, in our division, but now we're only, I think, two and a half games behind right now. So they made a big charge lately, and they're playing really well. So hopefully they'll continue that and maybe make it to the, the World Series again this year. Yeah, let's hope so. The uh, the reigning champs, the, um, the, the defending titles. Yep, yep. Yeah. So everyone that has gotten involved with the Child Support Program seems to have a story. Can you share a little bit about yourself and how did you get into the Child Support Program? Uh, Yes, and I I will say that I did not go to college with dreams of becoming a child support agent and having a career in child support. However, once I got out of college, I, I got my degree at Georgia State University, BBA in management. So I was interested in management pretty much from the onset, but I was working in retail at the time I was going through college and then I actually got into retail management fresh out of college and did that for a couple of years and kind of quickly realized that that was not the career that I wanted to to take for the rest of my life. So at the time I had a friend that was working for the state in DFACS here in Georgia. And I really liked the hours that they had, you know, the Monday through Friday, eight to five was really good for somebody that was working in retail, which was far from that. So I kind of looked into, you know, getting on with the state. And when I was looking at opportunities in the state, the thing that caught my eye was for an HR analyst position in human resources. Back then, Georgia required uh, to take a sort of an employment test that you had to pass or make a certain score on to, to get interview opportunities. So I took the, the HR analyst position test twice, and neither time didn't quite make the grade to get an interview. So um, I spoke to a counselor, you know, that was with the employment agency at the time, and uh, he was looking through some opportunities. He's and I saw some for a child support agent. He goes, "Well, you know, what about child support agent?" Which I had no idea what that was. So I looked over it and said, "Sure." So I took the test for that and scored a 99 on it. So um, from that, I got all kind of interview opportunities and eventually landed a, a job as an agent in the Atlanta office. And that's how I got started into child support. So, John, I, I, I've got a feeling your, your journey has led you with some different um, opportunities or different ventures. You talked about the HR position. You've worked for some private vendors in your career. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, I'll, um, I'll kind of tell you a little bit about what led up to those opportunities. Once I got on with Child as an agent in Atlanta, did that position for about four years. And um, in that time, I got experience as in you know, the establishment function, the enforcement function, and some of the, the legal or court functions. So got a, a good foundation built under me at that time. Also, the office I was working in was co-located with the state office, which is where all the state leadership works. So I got to, to know some of the state leaders and got some exposure to the current 4D director at that time. 
uh, which was good. So after that four years, Georgia decided to privatize the, the non-TANF caseload in the Atlanta area. And um, a company called Policy Studies Incorporated, or PSI, won that, that contract. And I accepted an opportunity to go with them as a, what was called a team leader, which is basically a, a team supervisor at the time. So I did that, uh, stayed with them for four years. And then at the end of that contract period, it came up for rebid. And Maximus actually won the rebid. So they selected me to come on board with them as an operations manager in the Atlanta office. And I stayed with them uh, through the end of that contract, which was about another seven years or so. And at that point, Georgia decided to take those cases back and, and not renew the, the privatization uh, project or contract. But that experience was really good. It was, it was really different, but, it, but I'm glad I had that opportunity. Yeah, and I, I've got to ask, how is that different, you know, working for the private vendors, Maximus, PSI, you know, the, the private vendors, how is that different than working for the state? In many ways, it was real similar as far as how the work got done. Um, we had to follow the same policies and procedures and have the same expectations as any, any state child support office. But one of the main differences was that we also had to keep focus on the contract requirements. The way that this contract was done, it was kind of uh, based off of collections. So collections were real important to us. You know, we tried to maximize our collections because that was you know, kind of how the, the, the contract paid. So for me personally, the time I spent with PSI and Maximus was a great learning experience. I had a lot of exposure to child support industry leaders and several former 4D directors during that time. And this really enabled me to learn a lot about leading and managing the child support program from their lenses and experience. And I feel like that has served me very well in my professional journey. I also had an opportunity to work on a lot of proposals and responses to different RFPs that were being put out by state. So that was an excellent experience. And then just also through those experiences with the vendors, built a lot of professional relationships that were able to start at that time and have served me well throughout my career. Yeah, I mean, it, it really sounds like those those opportunities you had, you know, just working with data projections, contracts, all that stuff really was, was leading you on a path to where you are today. Exactly. So after returning to work for the state, what was your journey from that point forward? Yeah, you know, when I came back to the state, I came back as a supervisor over the legal team in one of our larger offices. Did that for a couple of years, and then an opportunity came up to become what's called a compliance monitor for our performance management section. And this is our internal self-assessment unit that uh, does the internal self-assessment reviews and makes sure that the offices are in compliance with federal regulations and things like that. So that was a great experience for me because it gave me exposure to, you know, to the Fed regs, which is really important and, and really a good understanding of that. From there, an opportunity came up for an office manager position in one of our other larger offices in Metro Atlanta that actually had been struggling for a few years and just had a lot of opportunity there to, to put it you know, nicely, I guess. So I, I took on that challenge and went there as an office manager, and uh, we were able to do some really good things with that office and kind of get it turned around and performing well. Had a great group of people that, that worked there, too, so that, that was really helpful. And then from that, I guess the success we had there, had a region manager opportunity come up in that same region where that office was, and I was selected for it and became the region manager, and this was in the kind of the northwest part of Georgia. And then, I guess after about a year and a half into that role, another region manager position in the Atlanta area became available. And I reluctantly at first took on that 
opportunity, and I'll explain more about that a little bit later. But took that that role, and that was a big challenge, but it was a good opportunity as well. And that kind of led me to an opportunity to apply for the deputy director position when it became open. So I did that and was um, selected for it, thankfully, and served in that role. It was the deputy director of administration for the state. So I served in that role for a few years under our director at the time. And then our director was promoted to a deputy commissioner position, and I was tapped to be the director in December of 2020. Yeah, exciting things, really. I've got to ask you, I don't know if if, um, if you mentioned, but how many years have you been in child support? I've been um, in child support for almost 30 years. I think it'll be 30 years, like August 1st. That's crazy. That's a, cra- that's a crazy long time to be in, in not what necessarily one spot, but, but to be involved in one passion and one program. So that's, that's very, that's very cool to hear. So as you progress in your career, are there any significant crossroads or points in time that stand out to you? And also, were some of the points, did they allow some personal or, or professional growth as you went through them? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I would say some of the, the main crossroads that I kind of have hit uh, throughout my journey, the first one would have been that decision to go with, with PSI after four years as an agent. As I mentioned, that just gave me great exposure to Seeing the program, you know, the child support program as a whole from through a different lens and getting some exposure to some some great child support leaders across the country and some former 4D directors and just some other experiences that I wouldn't have wouldn't have, have had the opportunity to have um, had I stayed with the state the whole time. And then a little bit later on, that decision to go into the uh, what was the Cobb County office at the time, as I said, that was a struggling office and. Uh, there were several people that turned, you know, kind of turned away from that opportunity just because it was so challenging. But I felt like that I could make a difference there, and you know, stepped into it, and we we had a had a lot of success there. And I feel like that, you know, the turnaround we had there kind of helped me with some future positions I had. And then last thing I'll mention is when I stepped from the Region One position to Region Two, that was a big step for me. The Region Two position, as I said, was the Atlanta metro area, and it was just real, real challenging. The office is large, our largest office in the state, but also it just had a lot of challenges too. We'll just leave it at that. But I'll always remember this. Our deputy director at the time, when that position became available, we were at some kind of a meeting and he came up to me and and asked me if I was interested in the Region 2 position. And I had been in Region 1 for about a year and a half and Things are going great there. I had a great team of managers for all the offices we had in our region, and everything's going smoothly. And it was, you know, it was really pretty easy. But when he asked me that question, I thought for a second, and, and I can still remember saying, "No, I think I'm comfortable where I'm at right now." And as soon as I said that, I, I knew that wasn't the right thing to say. And so I went home that night. He, and he, to his credit, he didn't say anything to me at the time. But I went home that night and thought more about it, and thought that is the absolutely wrong reason to to stay where you are. So I called him the next morning and told him that, you know, I, I had thought more about it and that I was interested in it. And so I got that position and we were able to do some really good things in the Atlanta office. Found, you know, when I got there, found we had a lot of great people there and they just needed some direction and some processes. And we got that in place and they, they turned things around and performed well. But I think that experience, you know, stepping into that, that challenge really helped me to, uh, to grow professionally and to, uh, you know, just to kind of know that. It, it's it's not always a good idea to stay comfortable. Yeah, sometimes it's, sometimes it's getting out of your comfort zone, getting out of your skin, and 
and um, going under that next challenge. So I, I, you know, I, I want to ask, having had these challenges, having had these struggles at some points, do you have any advice for child support professionals that you would like to help them grow in, in their journey? Uh, yeah, I think one of the biggest things that's, that is helpful to people that are interested in growing is to what I call learn the business of child support, learn the federal regulations, understand what they are, understand how the, the program funding works. You know, there's really three sources of funding for a child support program, but understand, you know, how that works. Know the 157 report, what the performance indicators are and, you know, and, and how to impact those indicators, you know, what type of activities, you know, move the needle on those. So, so again, just learn the business of child support. I would also, you know, kind of reiterate what I just said, step into that discomfort, take on those challenging roles that other people may not be interested in. You know, if you step into them and, and perform well, then I think that shines a little bit more of a light on you than, than, you know, something that, you know, is a little bit easier maybe. And the last thing I would say is to, to know what's important to your manager and to help them be successful. Um, ultimately, if, you know, if you can do your job well enough and, and make sure that they are successful in their role, then that will come back to serve you well. Yeah, definitely. You know, I've, I've got to ask this question. It's, it's, a, it's a big, broad question, mm-hmm. but I'm going to ask, what are some of the things you're most proud of in the Georgia Child Support Program? And I, and I want to kind of insert here, we've had a couple of your, your rock stars, your folks on that have done, in my opinion, some just amazing things. We've had Wendy Parker on before, John Strickland. We've, we've been kind of about the Georgia Child Support Program from time to time. But what are some of the things that you're most proud of in the program in your state? There's a lot of things. And you mentioned, you know, John and Wendy, and I'll, I'll mention the, the programs that they're both involved with. Overall, I think Georgia has been a very innovative state in the, in the child support program. You know, I kind of feel like we try to stay out on the cutting edge on a lot of things. And, you know, we don't have all the answers, but I, I think some of the, the things that we've tried and, and put in place that have been successful have been very innovative and, and cutting edge. And some of those include uh, what Wendy's involved with, which is our Parental Accountability Court program. And that, that program is a joint relationship with superior court judges in, in our division to pro- provide services to uh, non-custodial parents that are facing kind of serious barriers. You know, they could be things from mental health issues to substance abuse issues and, of course, employment issues. Uh, but these are more serious type issues that require a little bit more intense case management activities. So we have parental accountability court coordinators, which serve the, the participants in that program. So those coordinators will meet with the participants on a weekly basis, and then the judges will hold a, a monthly accountability hearing with each of the participants to kind of see how they're progressing in the program. It's been a real successful program. The Parental Accountability Court program won the NCA Innovative Partnerships and Collaboration Award in 2018, and we were really proud of that. And then Mr. Strickland was involved with our fatherhood program, which is a kind of an employment-based program. And it's more of a short-term program that really focuses on unemployed or underemployed non-custodial parents. And they provide services to those participants to help get them in a position to become employed and to keep that employment. Another thing that we were proud of is our full-service mobile app. It came into being in 2017, and this is a full-service app that allows our customers, both custodial parents and non-custodial parents, to have access to case information. And they can make payments, they can schedule appointments, they can upload documents. Uh, non-custodial parents can handle license suspension issues and 
uh, just a variety of other um, services that it provides. And Georgia, I believe, was the first state that had the full service app, and we were proud of that. And like I said, that came on board in 2017. So when the pandemic hit a couple of years ago, you know, we already had that in place, which really served us well during the pandemic. So our customers could still you know, have good access to their case information you know, without having to come into the office. Another innovative thing we have is our George Employer Hub. This is a hub that handles all our income withholding orders. Uh, they send them out every day. And they also we have a customer service team dedicated to just employers. So the employers have one number that they can call for Georgia, so they don't have to worry about contacting 55 different offices across the state. Uh, but they can reach us just through calling one number and speak to a professional that you know, is, is kind of an expert in the income withholding of the child support program. And just overall, I'm really just proud of the, the team of professionals we have here in the Georgia Child Support Program. They never cease to amaze me at how committed they are, how well they serve the families that we serve. And, you know, just I'm just really proud to work with them side by side each and every day. So, John, given given this journey of yours and the journey of the, of the Georgia Child Support Program and what your your leadership has really curated, let me ask this question: Where do you see the Georgia Child Support Program going? You know, where do you want it to head? Where do you want it to grow? Yeah, um, we have several areas of focus. One one of the things that we continue to pursue is to provide ways to uh, support our team through automation and to enable them to serve our customers the most effective and efficient way possible. We have several projects going on right now in that area, which will help over the next year to two. A big area of focus for us over the next few years will be system modernization. Uh, we've been working on that for a couple of years now with our feasibility study, and we just took a big step in that process, and we'll be busy with those activities for some time to come. So we're excited about that. And I would say for a, a wish for the program, I would really like to see the trust level from our customers for the services that we're providing increase. I know this is a challenge and will take some time just because of the enforcement nature of the program for so many years, but we really have some great services available to our customers that can truly make a positive difference for those that are willing and able to engage in those services. And so we're working on different ways to increase that trust level. Um, some of that, you know, is outreach activities from from us, but also we just, you know, we're always looking for other people to tell our story as well, because you know, building that trust doesn't always happen by them hearing it from us. Yeah, no doubt. So, John, one one thing that has stood out to me as I'm on the sidelines, kind of looking in, is not only your leadership with the Georgia program, but also your leadership with volunteering in different capacities within SIA. Just to name a couple, you serve on the NCA Leadership Symposium Planning Committee, and for a number of years, I've seen you with your camera taking pictures during NCA events, such as Policy Forum and Leadership Symposium. You know, in, in my opinion, you really embody what some describe as servant leadership. So can you tell our listeners about how you got involved with NCA and what other committees or roles that you've been a part of? Well, first of all, I appreciate you saying that. But I first became exposed to NCA through attending conferences through the years. Back when I was with some of the private vendors, I had an opportunity to go to a couple of the conferences. And then as I got into some more leadership positions here in Georgia, I was able to um, get some exposure to the conferences as well. In my role as deputy director, uh, my director did a great job of preparing me for, for the role of director. And part of that included exposing me further to NCA and what it meant to become involved with the organization. From that, I was kind of able to offer my passion for photography 
to them to assist them at their conferences beginning a few years ago. And from that, that kind of led to additional volunteer opportunities on the committees you mentioned. And some of the committees that I've worked on so far include the NCAU committee. I served on that committee, I think, a year ago. And then this year, I've been a co-chair with Ashley Dexter. So that's been great. I served on the leadership development committee. As part of that, the leadership symposium planning committee. I was on the web talk committee last year and also the membership committee. And as the committee season is open now, I filled out my form a couple of days ago and sent it in. So we'll see what happens this next year. That's great. You know, as, as NCO recently sent out what you just called that, that 2022 call for volunteers, what would you say to folks to encourage them to get involved with NCIA? And are, are there any committees or opportunities that stand out to you where folks could really plug themselves in? I would say that becoming involved with NCIA through volunteer opportunities is just a great way to grow professionally and to support and help shape the future of the child support program if you're interested in doing that. And some of the benefits from that is not only being on the cutting edge of what the program is doing and where it's going, but, but also building those professional relationships I mentioned before. I have found that those relationships, you just really can't underestimate the value of those through, through, the, through your career. But involvement in really in any of the committees is very helpful, not only to NCA, but it'll also serve you well and the child support program well. So I don't really want to pick out any one specific committee or a couple of committees. I think they're all really good. And anything that interests you, um, I would encourage you to step into it because, uh, again, it'll, it'll, it'll be really helpful to, to your growth and development, but also to the child support program as a whole. Yeah. So, John, as we wrap up our time today, are there any parting words or last thoughts that you'd like to, to share or, or, or give us before we leave? Well, again, first of all, Tim, thank you again for this opportunity to share some thoughts. I also want to make sure that I point out that my journey would have looked a lot different without the help of several key people along the way. And these were people that took the time and interest in investing in me and building me as a leader. So I'm really grateful to those folks. And I think most people have people like that in their personal or professional lives. So I just encourage you to be appreciative of them and to listen to what they have to say and the advice they have to give you. And as you get in a position you know, of leadership, just remember to pay that forward to someone else that you see potential in. But again, thank you for, for this opportunity, Tim. Well, I want to thank John Hurst, the 40 Director of the Georgia Department of Human Services, Division of Child Support Services, for being our guest today and sharing not only what the Georgia program is doing, but also his story about how he came into the program and his passion to see it grow. John, I'm looking forward to seeing more of you and more of your leadership. I want to thank our listeners for joining in and continuing to be part of our podcast experience. On behalf of Encia, I'm Tim Leitner, and this has been On Location. On Location is available on iTunes, Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and anywhere you get your podcasts. We have a lot of great episodes on the way, so be sure to subscribe and listen to all of our previous episodes as well. We also appreciate your ratings, your feedback, your comments, and your suggestions. If you'd like to be a guest on the show, please reach out to us on the contact link on our website. On Location is a production of the NCA Communications Committee with special production assistance from Joe Mamlin and me.
Thanks again for joining me. I'm Tim Leitner, and this has been On Location. <laughs>